0: Hello, I'm George Abernathy, the proud president of Freightways, and I'm really thrilled to be able to participate in the Enterprise Fleet Virtual Summit. We're really going to have a fascinating conversation right now with someone who's responsible for multiple modes within a really significant enterprise fleet, David Abels. David is the president and CEO of the Dart Network. Dave, thanks for doing this. It's a fabulous opportunity for
1: us. Appreciate it, George. I'm glad to be here. I'd love to talk about uh, my passion for the industry and the industry as a whole.
0: Well, that, that's what we're here for. Huh? So you, you really have me, you have me jazzed for it. So many people know David. David has um, uh, an extensive network career, uh, You know, leading top 100 trucking companies, working in our logistics space in a leadership uh, capacity. So let's start out. When I say the Dart Network, David, the DART network actually encompasses a number of different entities that actually touch upon a variety of different modes and modalities. Can you, can you uh, kind of explain that and explain the DART network and what your, uh, what your responsibilities are?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So we've got the DART Transit Company, which is our full truckload division. Uh, we have DART Intermodal, which is a TOFC unit. We've got DART Advantage Logistics. Uh, we've got a company called Mainstream out of Memphis, Tennessee. That's a drage company, and then we've also got what's called Highway Sales, and that's a truck dealership that we own the tractors that we lease to Dart into our independent contractors. And then as a whole, we also have Dart Portable Storage, which is owned by one of uh, Don Oren's sons. Don Oren is our chairman of the board. We've got Dart Warehousing, which is owned by another one of the sons, and then we've got Dart Express, which is a regional relay company that's owned by the third son as well so we really got a, a a different mode for about anything you'd want to do here at the dart now so let's
0: um, I appreciate that thank you and the Oren family and what they've done within the transportation community within the enterprise fleet that's really appropriate that uh, that dart is is uh, represented here in, in our enterprise fleet summit so Every one of those modes that you're talking about ends up requiring somebody to move that truck. And uh drivers have been a central issue forever. Too often there's you know words spoken but no action done. Dart's really doing great stuff. You look at what social media what you see and what the feedback is that you're really being successful at recruiting, retaining, and doing the things that you you need to do in an enterprise fleet. What what are your thoughts around you know why and how are you being so successful with your driver recruitment and retention?
1: You know, I, it's a great question because we are at probably one of the most difficult times in the industry in terms of driver retention. You know, we've talked about it for years, my entire career. Driver shortage, no driver shortage. What's real? What's not? You know, the pandemic brought a different set of challenges to us. There was a certain component of the drivers that didn't want to be out on the road anymore. And it also created opportunities with people all working from home and being at home and not going out for your door dashes and your Uber Eats and your Lyft and all these different types of things that a driver can now go do. used to be you drove a truck or you'd either run local, regional, or over the road. Now you've got these opportunities to be home every single day. Amazon House now has their own fleet in addition to FedEx yeah. and UPS so the competition is definitely more tough than it's ever been. What I would tell you is the key to our success is our engagement with the drivers. We I mean to the point where I put out a note every single day 7 days a week to our fleet, the fleet responds to me. They've got the ability to call and talk to our executive tech team, which is a trucking executive team. We recently put together a group of driver ambassadors That are out there on the road, which is a steering committee, in essence, where we have quarterly meetings. We talk about driver issues. And the reality of it is we don't just talk about it. We actually act on what comes up into these meetings. And again, I'd be lying if I told you we can fix everything that comes up, but we also will tell you why we can't. And I think that's something in the industry that, that leaves for speculation. There's nothing worse than putting a driver in a truck who's going to drive 600 miles a day by himself. And he's speculating that somebody either doesn't care or isn't listening or isn't reacting to their needs. And we've really addressed that well. And I think that's one of the keys to our, our low turnover rate and to, again, the fact that we're able to attract drivers. We go out there. I'm on social media a lot. Our team's on social media a lot. And we talk about that. And it's true. If you come onto the Dart Network as a driver and you want to talk to the president and CEO, you're going to talk to the president and CEO. Um, it, it's not a misnomer.
0: I think that is, is key. And you talk about how long both you and I have been, you know, in this industry and, and battling this challenge. You know, I go back in my early days when I was at JB Hunt. Um, Mr. Hunt knew that the center point of that were drivers. And as, as they were growing, he still, he interacted with everybody, but he still had drivers. He knew. That that was going to be the, the way that they would differentiate themselves. And and I I really love hearing you talk about that it's social media and that they're engaging with you. So from a from a messaging standpoint that you send out something, you know, every day, how many different ways can a can a driver, you know, get to David Abel's? How 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 are how are they interacting with you?
1: Well, so we have a driver app that's called the Dart Data Tracker, and it'd be no different than a Transflow app. So every single day, my messages are uploaded to that app. They also go out yeah. via, we're a split fleet with Omnitracks and PeopleNet. They go out via that as well. And then we post them on an internal intranet. Um, and there's an e Dart Data Tracker too. That, so there's about five different ways they can get it. And then over time, as they've responded to me, when I send out the email internally here to our enterprise, I've got a group of them that I copy in on it as well, and it's really, really done well for me because they respond back and tell me things. So, you know, if we had a slow day or if we had a day where a week where maybe turnover was a little bit higher, I get feedback directly from the drivers just to, hey, here's something that came up this week. Let's talk about that and address it. Normally in my past, I didn't know until the end of the week when I got a turnover report or the end of the month, and then it was all after the fact, the drivers were already gone. So we more proactively communicate with it. And then each week in orientation, when you graduate, as soon as you graduate, and let's call it 35, 40 people a week, I send them all personal email talking about what we're about here at the DART Network, the 85-year history that was started by Earl Orrin and Don Oren's carried that legacy on. At 89 years old, Don Oren still comes into the office, all right? So I mean... He, we're engaged at all levels. And, and, and I think that's what's really helping us. And, and it's tough times, right? You know, there's things that the industry can do to help us all as trucking companies, and we can do to help our shipping partners. One thing I would tell you is over my career, I've seen a lot of punch counter punch, right? So one year I get a rate, next year you get the rate back. One of the things I've really learned in talking to as many drivers as I do. They love the Dart network, but they also love J.B. Hunt. And they also love Crete and they love multiple companies. What really they are attracted to the most is the lanes that they run. So if you're a Dallas, Texas based driver and we're getting to the point where we'd like to get you home more often, then you need regionalized lanes. What's very, very difficult, George, is if every single year, every single lane of mine goes out to bid and I risk losing that. So every single year. My entire driver force can be upset by that. And then you'll see a churn. Okay, so now J.B. Hunt won that lane, So then the drivers over the next few months migrate to J.B. Hunt for that lane. And then J.B. Hunt at the end of the year loses that lane and they migrate to the next. Really, I, and I think it would do the shippers well if we could just negotiate. And I'm seeing more of this in the last two years, taking things out of the bid, help me work to keep this. You know, we want to provide a value to you. We need to be profitable. Trucking runs on slim margins. It's not like we're all sitting here operating at 75 ORs. We're operating at 90, 95 ORs for the most part. So if we could sit down with our shipping partners and we could talk through these things and we could work on that, we could provide better capacity. I didn't have to change my driving force out every year. And the, and the bigger problem is every bid runs in a different cycle. So it's not just once in January I got to change. I got to change some in January, some in February, some in March. And it's it's just disruptive. And I know disruptive or disruption is a great term right now. Let's be disruptive. But that's not the kind of disruption we as an industry need, nor do our shipping partners need. Because ultimately, right now in a JIT world where everybody orders things online and you expect it in 24 to 48 hours, you need service. We want to provide that service. We want to get you to that 98, 99%. The way to do it is for me to have George drive for me year round, year after year, and not have to change George out for Jim, Bob, or Bill every month.
0: That's it's such a great point, but you've unpacked a lot of stuff that I I'm so interested in. So thinking about that incumbency and how you know your you being treated as a partner and as as an incumbent or being given the opportunity to be the incumbent where. You have that chance to take the service levels up to the ninety eight ninety nines where where shippers are looking for so twenty eighteen was a a market where it was tight and it seemed like the carriers were starting to see partnerships really I know the the phraseology around uh you know being a shipper of choice you know it was. Has been out there for a while, but it seems like there's some meat on that bone now. And then 2019 was maybe a little different, but then here comes the pandemic, and I'm sure that there's some of your shippers that needed you desperately because their their volume shot up, and others who went the other way. As we've gone now, somewhat post pandemic, whatever this new normal is, are your shippers after 18, 19, 20? Are your shippers? really acting differently are they are they giving you the chance are they they providing incumbency bias which is a good thing to the carrier as they're running bids are you seeing that more often than you have been in the past
1: definitely seeing it more often than we have in the past now but we're just in the beginning of this bid cycle right so we are talking to a lot of our partners about hey what can we keep out of that bid and again We want them to be profitable as well. So it's not just, I don't want to be on a money grab. I don't want them to be on a counterpunch. If we could continue to work together. And and I am seeing it more and more each year. So, and I think they're going to see that. They want not only that service, but they need the capacity. And so right now, if you read all the SEC filings for the publicly traded companies, the the fleets are shrinking. Everyone's fleets are shrinking. So capacity is tight, right? So how do they secure that and secure it long-term? Well, it used to be they try to get you into a two or three year because they wanted to keep that rate low for two or three years. Let's not look at it that way. Let's look at how do we secure capacity for two, three, five years. But we both love each other during that process and we can grow. And as things get more profitable, it's better for all of us.
0: Exactly. So um, as we think about the differentiators for DART, you mentioned the way that you're getting those uh, messages to to your drivers and the platforms that you're that you're running on. Talk a little bit about the technology uh, investments that you're that you're making to to stay ahead of the curve to to be to be out there. What are the what are the things that you, you you've done that 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 have that have helped recently? And where do you think you'll be investing in the future? As you described. You know, I'm not. I don't want to talk about the assets yet, but you know, fleets are shrinking, but technology is helping. Network design is helping to keep those keep your keep your your tires turning, right? So where 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 have those investments been made?
1: So the cool thing about Dart, you know, and I, again, after doing this 25 years, I've worked on almost every TMS platform there is, and I got here yeah. in December of last year, and the reality of it is, we have something that they built themselves. Don Orrin all along has been very into being on the cutting edge. You know, they were really big into getting the 53-foot trailer in, a lot of different things. Well, we built our own platform. It's called the D4K. They built it about 20 years ago. When I came into the team, I started looking at it. It's a Windows-based point-and-click system. But I'm telling you, the things that we're able to do with this system are second to none. And the fact that we built it ourselves allows us to do that programming in-house and to be able to make modifications in real time. So those things are very, very positive. Right now, optimization is critical to us, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I, I see all these giant sign-on bonuses and I see people keep continually raising the rate per mile, rate per mile. One of the things we also got to look at is maybe I'm paying a good rate per mile right now, but my utilization is low. So what we're really focused on right now is increasing the velocity of that truck every single day which again, is working with our shipping partners on creating the right type of windows for these lanes so that we can optimize ourselves, synergizing our technology with theirs so that we're able to do that. Um, You know, we've got the ability for drivers to be able to see their loads, pick their own loads. We've got the ability for them to see certain things and plan out their entire weeks. We've got a lot of good, positive things and we're really on, on the cutting edge now. What I would tell you is our vice president of information technology, Dan Liddy, one of the best guys I've ever worked with, is retiring right now. He's going to be retiring in June. So I'm on the search. I'm out there right now looking for that next person to take us to even a higher level than we already are right now. Tough part, bar set pretty high. So the guy coming in is going to have a high bar, but we want to be that carrier. We want to be that mid-sized carrier that's on the cutting edge that our drivers have every tool they need to be successful, that my operations team has every tool to make sure that we're booking the right loads when we need them with the right transit time and the right velocity and and et cetera. So, you know, from a technology standpoint, it's interesting. We run our own platform. We do mesh that in with a a fuel and route optimizer that's an off-the-shelf product, but the things all integrate well and and the ability to change at game time is something I've never had. And again, I've been on a lot of operating systems with successful companies that had programmers, but it was much more cumbersome than here we have at the Dartmouth.
0: That's terrific.
1: Um,
0: let me do shift a little bit to the assets now, as, as you know, we're in an in our enterprise fleet virtual summit. And as a privately held company, um, you know, you you've got some opportunity to um, think about keep your cards close to you. Coast to your To your chest, if you want, but as you analyze the marketplace and as the the company is trying to find the sweet spot of how big to be, being able to fill the seats with drivers and all, what's what is the signal, or is there are there multiple signals that are provided to you and to and to Dart that. Say it's time for us to be expanding the fleet. It's time for us to, you know, we we have the ability to put more drivers into seats. We, you know, we've got the freight that's going to be, you know, that that will be able to keep those drivers happy. What what are those signals? And the, I guess the, the really interesting question
1: is going to be: Are you hearing those signals now? We're definitely hearing the signals now, and the signals are different today than they used to be. Used to be a gut feel, or I got a call from a customer who needed additional additional capacity. Today we've got sonar, we've got all these different tools that are available to my team, the business intelligence tools that we can kind of forecast what's going on. And then again, you can look at your EDI feeds, which sonar feeds off of. You can tell what bookings are in each market and the additional capacity. And you know, at my level, I'm not so entrenched with that. I'm probably the guy that's getting a call from somebody that's a big wig at another company saying, look, guys, we've got more. What can you do to help us? But it's a multi-tiered approach. So I've got the data analytics people looking at things. I've got customers calling me. I've got salespeople feeding me leads. So it's really a great time to grow. The unfortunate thing is at the time that we are now where we can grow, that driver pool is shrinking. You know, there's the, yeah. uh, the drug peering house thing it's a great none of us want to have anybody that's under the influence out driving our trucks but that took a segment out and that's probably good that that segment's gone but what do i do to replace that segment okay so we've got to continue to look at those things so we'd be love we'd love to be growing right now i know all companies would love to be growing right now uh you know you hear stories Is it 10 loads to every truck what what's going on right now out there in the industry it's definitely more than one to one We've all been there in this industry at times when there was 0.5 loads to a truck and you had trucks sitting for days at a time. That's not the case anymore. So, again, I think that's where that partnership between the shippers and the carriers could work to our advantage. If we could get that regionalized opportunity. Obviously, with COVID, I think we've seen or experienced drivers wanting to be home more often. You know, could be that the fact that in their family over COVID-19, they had a death in the family, a grandparent, somebody passed, and they're thinking to themselves, you know, I wasn't there enough. I didn't get an opportunity to see that person. Well, then we got to start looking at how do we do things more regionalized and how do we how do we grow those type of networks as distribution centers come closer together, that long all environments time. Do We set up a series of relays. What do we need to do? So you know, there's a lot happening right now. I think it's a great time for trucking companies to grow. The struggle becomes how do we get that done? And we're looking at electric or electric vehicles. We're looking at autonomous vehicles. How many years is it going to be before that's a play? And even if it is a play, there's still going to be a role for the driver. The driver never goes away, right? I mean, that that's the one thing that we can all count on is there's, there's a value to having a driver. There's a value to having a contract.
0: That's exactly how I, I was, was going to bring us to, to a conclusion. You're, you're thinking exactly where I was going to go. As Dart looks at this, particularly with those various types of uh, utilizations that you have for trucks, um, when do you perceive, nobody's going to hold you to it, the good news is you're privately held, so stock's not going to go up or down based on what we said today, but in, in your crystal ball, when will uh, an EV? When when will we have an alternative in the dart fleet to a significant degree? Not not toe in the water and all, but is that is that how many years downstream do you think that is?
1: Well, we're ready for electric vehicles right now. So as soon as we get one that's tested and proven, we're ready to go. Um, you know, I think Don Orn and myself—he always wants to be on the cutting edge again. So we're looking for a couple shippers to partner with on that shorter length of haul so that we can put some Teslas in when they come out, Um, you know, but from an autonomous standpoint, we're sitting back and watching a little bit more first. You know, I think there's some other carriers that are larger and have a little bit better bandwidth. I would tell you, and everybody wants, probably doesn't want to talk much about C&G anymore, but when C&G first launched, Don, again, being a cutting edge guy, jumped into it pretty deep, maybe too deep for a carrier of our size. So we're going to dip our toes in the water a little bit, but we're definitely looking at EV right now and long term, that autonomous vehicle will play a role in our team as well.
0: I appreciate it. So um, as, uh, as we're, we're coming to wrap up, um, just one more thing, sort of the crystal ball, but not looking out so far into the future. Um, everything that we're seeing from our data is demonstrating that we still have a robust market uh, of freight, like you're talking about anything that you're seeing that is on the horizon that would change that? Or or do you see this continuing on for the balance of 21 and into
1: 22? I really believe, my gut's telling me it's going to be 21, 22, but you and I talked about 18 a little bit ago. When we were sitting right. here in 18 and all the carriers were buying extra trucks because we thought right. it was going to go on in 18, 19, and 20, 19, the bottom fell out of it. So- You know, I don't. If I really had a crystal ball that worked, I'd pay big money for one. But my gut right now is saying, with just what I see and what I experience, I commute into Minneapolis here about 50 miles every day. So I watch traffic patterns. Things are really picking up, right? So I I see the economy coming back. I I see it coming back strong, and I think it's going to go on for a year or two. and, And Hopefully it goes on forever. You know, I mean, we all want to thrive. I want my shipping partners to do well. I want Freightways to do well. I want Dart Transit to do well. And quite frankly, I want other carriers to do well. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a selfish guy. And, and they would, anybody that's out there in the industry will tell you that. I share data with other carriers. We talk back and forth. You know, we all know we have a driver shortage right now. We're all working together to try to figure out how we overcome that. And, and I think if we all stick in this together, we're going to win.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. What a great way to uh, sum everything up. What a terrific pleasure it's been. David Abels, the president and CEO of the Dart Network. Thank you for the time today. Thank you for your thoughts. And uh, uh, thank you to all of your drivers. It's one thing that as I had the opportunity to talk to the leaders in our industry, um, we at Freightways uh, try very hard to make it clear that we understand that through not just 2020, but Without the drivers, uh, we're we're not going to um, have an economy that is anywhere near what it what it has the opportunity to be. So thank you to all of the Dart Network drivers and uh, David. Thanks again for the time today. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me the time. Take care.
0: Thanks everybody. I really uh, have enjoyed this. I hope that the balance of the Enterprise Fleet Summit is just as entertaining and just as informational and educational as our time with David today. I'm George Abernathy, proud president. Thank you, take care.